What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. Give me one moment while I tweet this out. Sorry, we're just... Things are a mess today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how's everything? Lunch is, like, around the corner. It's got to be crazy, right? Schedule. Right, yeah, yeah. Everything's been... Everything's been uh, pretty crazy recently. With just, you know, preparing, you know, kind of just seeing how how the market's doing, you know, and then answering, obviously, like a million questions in Discord and just seeing how we do. So, yeah, man. Yeah, answering the same question a million times in the Discord. <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, man. How you guys doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing great. So, uh, I'm all the way back in Malaysia. So currently, it's like just uh ten ten o'clock in the morning for me. So I'm just about to start my day. Um, talking to you guys to start my day. I think it would be a great day for me today. Awesome. Thank you for the love, man. But yeah, um, I mean, once you get quick started, just kind of a brief background with. Me and Jeff, me and Jeff, we pretty much grew up together. Um, we uh, have just produced and kind of gone to this film world, you know, head first together throughout the entire journey. So pretty much our experiences in terms of resume is the same. Um, you know, we both, we started off with just shooting and designing action sequences and action scenes. Um, Jeff was the, always the editor producer and I was always like the director and camera operator. So that's kind of, that was like, that's always been our dynamic in terms of creating content. And as the years progressed, we ended up, um, we worked for Jackie Chan behind the scenes with a stunt team for about six months in China. And then we worked at um, a major financing studio for business development. Um, just understand Hollywood financing and where the money and the cash flow goes. So we just, we worked on just every level in terms of behind the scenes when it comes to content creation. have been at just about the highest level. So team has always been creating content, shooting content, kind of just telling our own stories, right? And when the time came about, for us to really take that leap of faith to kind of enter the industry as creators more than just kind of people that were finding creators and backing these. We were, we were like very, we were highly rejected in terms of just our age. We we're so young. They didn't believe in our capabilities of telling stories. And with Hollywood, it's just, you know, billionaires boys club, right? The second you're in as you're in, but if you're out, it's very hard to get in. And look in Hollywood in terms of business financing and development, regardless of who, you know, a lot of times you're shadowed by, people that are well-connected or born into an entertainment family. So there was never really a fair shake or fair shot in terms of the content that I created. And it was very hard for, you know, producers to be like, okay, this seems like profitable content. Hollywood is very against data and analytics, which is why, you know, the content they have is getting worse and worse each year. They just look at, okay, this film did well in 1996 or 2002, right? Let me go recreate the same film with a different character and different taste. Recently, they just came out with that a John Boyega film with um, him holding up a bank. And they copied John Q with Denzel Washington. He, he did the same voice, same tone, same exact concept. It just changed different actors and, you know, uh, a different – rather than, you know, uh, a worker, like a garbage man or whatever, like the veteran. So it, Hollywood has always been with the whole, you know, content recycling. And we wanted to bring something new. We were highly rejected when it came to creating content. And we just felt our vision was valid. So obviously knowing how to create content ourselves was a big upside in terms of we understood, you know, video editing, camera work, cinematography, 
And since we've been around the industry for so long, we knew what it took and the little tricks and tips yeah. in order to make it look extremely professional. So therefore, our content always passed the eyeball test. So now that yeah. all those things were passed, you know, we knew how to write content. We knew, we knew how to just, just about do it all. And we saw Web3, it was an accelerated platform in terms of getting out. You know, we've never seen people with, you know, back in the day on Twitter, right? We get 20, 30 retweets. And you're like, oh my God, I'm famous. Now, when you, now you're looking at in Web3, people are getting thousands and thousands of retweets. And even if the people are not, you know, watching the content all the way through, they're getting the content, you know, thrown in their face so many times and retweeted so many times that just about everyone is going to see it and at some point understand and visualize your content. With Hollywood, obviously, the only number and metric they care about is views because eyeballs equals money. So... Once we kind of understood that about Web3 and we've been in the space for a long time to see the different metas from, you know, the board eight PFPs to, you know, everyone being very, you know, bullish on utility NFTs to the free mint meta. And what's next is obviously, you know, in, in everyone else's hands in terms of creators of how we continuously the, uh, the NFT, you know, media mainstream. So yep. that's kind of, you know, a bit about our background and just an idea of kind of how we went and shaped our project and our vision for how we decided, you know, transcend the space. Yeah, I, I think I really love what you what you told me about, you know, um, because for example, bought it since uh, last early last year, and then you move on from you know PFP, not only PFP, but you have to do like with utility. Then after that, we're moving on to the freemium meta. But I think currently, right now, in 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 order for you to stand out among the crowd, you need to produce high quality content, right? So that's the only thing in, in this day and age that people take notice. Like like I, I read a post recently, like they say actually the real currency right now is attention span. So instead of, you know, um posting a picture, I think a video or captivating video is able to get the attention span. And what you say about it is is so true, right? Like for example, if you are in a web two world and you create a movie, you have to spend like I, I'm not, not sure, like thirty, forty percent of your budget just to push out traffic hopefully people will like it but in the web3 space right now instantly when you when you hit that matrix like you know people start retweeting it it the the whole effect it can snowball into a bigger one and it saves you like in like the growth of you guys are like insane right so just just tell me you know what why do you think like contributed to the growth of your project um a big part of uh, the the contribution to the growth of our project was under was number one understanding the market. I think a lot of people don't understand how the market works, and the breakdown of the market structure. So understanding you know the three different aspects of the market is understanding structure. Um, first, it comes obviously at the top of the line is the creator. It goes the um, the creator, the producer, and then it comes to the consumer. Right. So oftentimes the creator, distributor, and then the consumer. So oftentimes the creator cannot go to the consumer because the consumer does not believe in the creator. When it comes to the distributor, the distributor is the toehold of the entire market. Once you become close enough with distributors, which is alpha groups, your alpha groups, other projects, you know, big time projects that have direct connection with the consumer, you are able now to streamline your content at an increasingly fast level in terms of growth. So in the beginning, we started understanding that once we took some time, instead of saying, okay, well, we, we didn't pay for marketing. We never paid for marketing. Everything we did was understanding market structure. So once we understood who the middlemen were in terms of distributors, and during this era, you know, the alpha groups were a lot more scarce. 
now everyone and their mom has an alpha group. So it's, it's a, it's a lot harder in my opinion to kind of get them your alpha groups will really get your name out. So the first thing we did was, you know, go to these alpha groups. And once one, once one alpha group started understanding that our project didn't have the hype, but was going to build it given the structure and the balance of how it was created, people started investing in. So once one alpha group jumped on, a pile of other alpha groups jumped in. But once they jumped in, we started to understand, okay, the majority of your, you know, of your community is going to be flippers because that's a set the main incentive of an alpha group is. So we utilize those yes. numbers to leverage our, our look, our brand outlook. And we, and we created a whole rebrand. We started looking at what makes your brand look simple and what makes it look expensive. So once we were able to kind of find that stride, we are able to attract more alpha groups on top of the alpha groups we already created. And once the alpha groups hear about you, those alpha groups begin talking to their own projects saying, hey, be big, we need to get the whitelist, we need to get people involved. And the, once the numbers went up and it hit a certain threshold, we hit 10,000, now you can go for like a brown chip project, right? And then after it got bigger, then you start going for blue chips and then more established alphas that had like, you know, beans, Azuki bean alpha, you know, ape list, right? Um, Doodles alpha. Right. And once you started getting yep. these bigger alphas involved and more quality holders, then you just start to roll out and say, OK, I believe now we've reached a point where we can go straight to the consumer. So now as a creator understood we can go straight to the consumer, we started creating content. That was always the strongest, you know, the strongest leverage that we had in terms of the space. We were able to create really, really high quality content really fast and really cheap. So the second we were able to do that, I started making tests, a big um, inspiration for us with, was PXN. You know, we looked at NanoPass, we looked at PXN. They dropped these little GIFs. And I'm like, okay, these little GIFs are getting thousands and thousands of likes and retweets. How are they doing this, right? What is making people so excited about it? And that's when I started realizing yes. that the space was so sensitive to content. So we started dropping little tweets and little hints about what was going to come. And each tweet just leveled up. The first tweet was, you know, 100, 100 likes, 100 retweets. The second tweet was 200. Third one was 300. And then when we dropped an actual ep, it became 1,400, 1,500, and it started ramping up. And then, okay, let's do a whole Twitter series. And, you know, that's kind of how the idea of the free mint birthed, and we decided to run with it. The next thing you know, our, our second episode went completely viral. So that's, and then, you know. <laughs> I've you got you guys one thing i have to say is uh, kudos to the production um it's, it's very hard to see uh projects that can deliver such high, high quality content usually it's like probably like a gameplay demo or things like that right but i think one thing that you guys believe is uh, delivering the value first before your men and, and that, that's what really important like if you if you look about look look like you know maybe eight six to eight months ago uh, projects don't have to show anything even they probably they, they claim that they are in the media production company right but what they do is they raise the fund first they just tease going to come out a series and then after mean only they start working on it but you guys uh, actually deliver the quality and because I myself uh, my, my background is in e-commerce so I know a video like that costs a lot in, in my country like I'm, I'm in Malaysia right mm. so it, for for your team to able to do that, you guys are really stacked in terms of I like I understand how to produce a video, and even like commercials and and stuff. It's um it's maybe a little bit lower quality because commercial usually happens probably in a place, but you guys are from location from the house coming out to the driveway, so it's all about you know um having that cin cinematography kind of uh concept that you guys have so. 
I, for me, I, I appreciate high quality content, and that is why I'm sold on your project. So I told Maeve, I, was, I, I told Tracy, like, hey guys, I, I need to have an AMA with these guys. These guys are crazy, man. <laughs> the, the, the content that they are pushing out is crazy. So I've gone through your team profile, and it's like all super stacked. So you guys are from uh, agency itself, you guys like from this A team. So the majority of the team was actually people that we worked with when it came when we were in Hollywood doing business development. Um, the biggest thing that I understood there was everyone goes to Hollywood or any big industry, and their biggest ask is what do for me. When you're a small fish in a big pond, the last thing anyone should do, especially at a young age, is ask what these big guys can do for them. So once I switched and I shifted my way of thinking and said, instead of asking what I, what, you know, what you can do for me, I asked them, what can I do for you? So that was a, a way to develop rapport and, you know, kind of reading, you know, reading, I read this book and it was about developing rapport and how to like become someone's friend and kind of establishing relationships was the first time you meet them is first impression. Second time you meet them is you're an acquaintance. And the third time you guys hang out, now you're friends. So I made sure to keep that rule of three. And I continuously helped a lot of these big, players in the industry with you know data analysis you know i was really good at making powerpoints and pitch decks so me and jeff spent a lot of time whether we edited their videos we had a lot of technical skills that we were able to use for these big players and help them on their passion projects or their side projects and it's safe time and once the quality was delivered they began to ask us what can we do for you so once we reached that relationship level the second we believed we had something quality we said why don't you sign on to our team and let's see what we can do together. So once they were given that opportunity to kind of work with us, they believed in our abilities. So they signed their name. They immediately signed their name to the project. And they've been with us since the beginning. So when we were like, you know, a couple hundred followers only, we already had a very, very stacked production team. Yeah. And the other part, yeah. And then the other part of our production team is people that we grew up with. So it's like, you know, we're all bros. You know, we're all family. So it's a great dynamic. Everyone contributes a very unique part into the team and so i mean and we love it and then now you see it on screen <laughs> yeah because i what i wanted to say is like you know you can you can get like um all the good production team but doesn't mean that the team inside has the synergy to produce great quality content right so the the fact that you guys can push it up right you know even you guys are doing freeman and not only that um spending so much uh, of your time producing a good quality content so I, I think this is definitely the effort that people can see and it also um, translates to the growth of your, your project. So let's just, let us now dive deeper into the lore. Maybe you can explain a little bit about the lore. Yeah, for sure. So the lore of, I guess, like how Dream 3 was established to begin with is like, you know, we always thought about the cinematic metaverse, right? It's, it's, or the metaverse in general. It's so, like, so similar to the Matrix and obviously we're huge Matrix fans. So... Dream one, right, is like you're just asleep. Dream two is like lucid, uh, lucid dreaming where you can kind of control your dream. But dream three is the difference between or the, the, um, is the concept where you're not sure whether you're asleep or you're awake. That's kind of where we really establish that, where we create the idea of, you know, this character who's trying to, in other words, a Web3 developer who's trying to hack out of the or hack into the metaverse only for him to find that he's actually in the metaverse and everything he's doing is actually to hack himself out of the metaverse back into reality. So that's the lure of what the Twitter web series is. And as the story progresses, it's going to tell our first season, our second season, which are completely two different, which are completely two different seasons to where, you know, that's when we launched the PFP collection and the PFP represents, you know, the audience member in the movie theater. So that's kind of the lure behind what we're creating. 
And the best part is season one and season two are both done filming. So honestly, our preseason is our victory lap for this, you know, bear market and for this free mint meta. So um, are you going to release it after the mint or before the mint? For for which one? For the so, series one and series two. Yes. Yeah, so that will come after the preseason, after the free mint. Those will be their own separate seasons. All right. So uh, maybe you can tell me a little bit about, like, for example, the holders that host the um, your NFT. What are the benefits that are in store for them? Okay, I think he disconnected. Let me just get him on board. So, like, because I, I, I look at it, like, you know, they say, like, the first uh, voting of on-chain. So I just want to know your concept on it. Like, for example, if now... Uh, your community, the NFT, um, how do the voting on-chain uh, begins? So, so far, voting on-chain is like, it's a very, it's a very simple, right? It's a very simple piece of tech where what we do is we just collab, you know, collab land, they verify that they have the NFT and then they vote, right? And the voting isn't so much where they get to control every little detail of how the story works because I think what that does is it takes too long for people to agree on something. So what we do yeah. is we give you certain choices. You know, there's parameters. It's a, it's, a, it's a multiple choice almost where it's like, okay, does this person decide to go through door one or door two, red pill, blue pill, right? Is it fight or flight? And once these choices are made, we incorporate these decisions into the content. So it's a mystery and a surprise that every time you watch the content, we give you certain control, but at the same time, it doesn't, the, you know, it doesn't alter our creative vision nor does it, you know, weigh the element of surprise in every film that we create. Only enhances. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think what, what you say is really true. Like, for example, um, if you want to control the whole narrative, probably it's a little bit hard. There's like tons of people, tons of opinion and stuff. But you can kind of like dictate it, make that simple choice. I think like, you know, projects these days, if they give, they allow choices for the holders to make and every single time when you make a decision you are able to uh, dictate where the project goes i think these are all like the little small wins that people like and keep you know want, wanting to engage more in the project right so um in instead of um all, all this right let me just talk about more on your partnership so i, I see that you guys call yourself a chibi club so is, is that like uh, a, a name that you call your holders no, so that was um that was the beginning of the brand that we originally had. One of the founders of the brand, he created the name. He's like, okay, this is gonna work. Our whole job was to take care of content creation. He was supposed to take care of the marketing. So once he left, he just kind of left. Once the bear market hit last year, he just left us with a bunch of shit. So I'm like, all right, um, <laughs> we don't really know what what exactly that we're gonna do in terms of marketing. So we had to go ahead and take care of content creation and then marketing. So once you know the land sale kind of nuked the market with you know the board of land sale nuked the market. I'm like, okay, we have enough time to do a rebrand. I don't like the name Chibi Club. I don't even know what the fucking Chibi really is. So I want to go ahead and make that change. And I want to make the brand something authentic that, you know, towards a creative direction that we actually represent. Because there's a huge disconnect between Chibis and kind of the live action that we did. It, it, like, yeah. it, it, was, it was too, like, you know, too playful. It was too cute. It didn't have that, you know, like the, the, the mysterious outlook of kind of the vibes that we were creating in terms of the content we were shooting. So we decided, you know, scratch the whole thing and, um, turn it into dream three and i think i feel like we're always going towards that direction to begin with so we just wanted uh we just wanted a brand that was more in line with our vision 
And um, so, you know, we came out with Dream 3 and Scratch Hebe as a whole. <laughs> yeah. So, um, your partnership with uh, Alchemy? Yes. So, oh, um, for Al- Alchemy is a production company? or No. So, Alchemy is the developer platform. So, what Alchemy does is it's like it gives creators the tools to build on the blockchain and it gives them, you know, like it, it simplifies smart contracts and makes it easy for us to understand what is being built and what we can build. They power about 80% of the decentralized finance apps on the blockchain. They um, power OpenSea, um, Dapper Labs with NBA Top Shot and a majority of other major massive, um, you know, NFT blockchain platforms. So we partnered with them really, really early on because they had an NFT API that was able to kind of strip away the intricacies and make and help people understand, right? Like what you're building, what each function does. And our overall partnership with Alchemy is obviously bringing um, uh, NFT integration towards streaming platforms. So when it comes to on-chain voting, we want and hope the technology is going to be advanced enough one day to where you can actually vote live where you're watching the film and it's going to be a choice and whatever choice you make is going to alternate, alternate the ending of that, that film or series. And based on that ending, you'll get an NFT token spat out to you. So that's I kind of I, the partnership with Alchemy. Cool. I, I think I, I saw this once. I'm not sure. I, I think it's not live, but it's also like a voting kind of system whereby Netflix dropped it on uh, Black Mirror. Have, have you watched that? Yes, it's exactly like yeah, that's that. Yeah, a perfect example. Yeah, yeah, Banner Snatch yeah. Black Mirror is a perfect example. Yeah, so so I think that was really a, a cool experience. Of course, it's not live, uh, but I, I see where you guys are going, able to dictate, like, for example, have a big watch screen party with all the holders, and then the holders able to dictate and then watch, like, premiere it together and then watch it. I think that's really cool. Um, I, then that really translates into, you know, um, the difference between Web 2 and Web 3 kind of movie. So I, I see where you guys are going. Definitely love the vision that you guys have. So one thing I want to ask is, like, you know, um, what do you think these days, um, you know, people in the NFT, what, what are they looking for? I think you get disconnected again. Maybe I can throw the question to uh, White Claw. Oh, hello? Hello, yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, did we uh, did we lose uh, Tony? Yeah, we lose Tony. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I think he's gonna rejoin back. No, no problem. But uh, maybe I can throw the question to you, or maybe you can share. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What was your, what was your question, man? Sorry about uh, that. Yeah. So my question was, uh, in, in this current meta, what do you guys think? Um, is the like what what do the holders want? Or what do the people in community in the Web3 ones are looking for? Gotcha, gotcha. I think the current meta, you're still in the flip meta, where like people are just trying to like make money off NFTs, um, you know, as fast as possible. But one thing as founders is, um, is we as founders, we need to be building products in the Web3 space that are sending this space. And it's not just Web3, but how do you branch off into a bigger industry, right? So one thing that we're doing is, it's not just Web3, but connected to the movie, right? So it's like, yes, the space is still like, you know, a bunch of firsts, but you can see that the space is looking for like, hey, 
how can Web3 transcend Web3, right? Because you, you still need Web2. You can't just be Web3 alone. You still need Web2, right? Because that's where all the marketing and that's where the majority of the people are, right? Because Web3 is still a small niche community, but it's getting bigger and bigger by the day. So that's one thing that we're seeing. And then that's one thing that we're also helping this space pivot, right? And we're also called founders too, where it's like you're building products that are going to transcend the space rather than just stay in the flip meta because that's not going to last forever. You need to be able to transcend and bridge into a whole other industry if you really want to survive in this new space, especially in this Web3 space. Yeah, because I, I previously, last, I think around last week, I was talking to a founder and he said like, you know, there's, there's no such thing as being just in Web2 or being in just in Web3. It's actually yep. a cross or a bridge between like Web2.5. Meaning that, you know... Exactly. Right? Oh, that's so, beautiful. So it, I'm going to start saying that, yeah. <laughs> so it's always yeah. have to be in, in, the, in the between. So, for example, if you look at projects only in Web3, um, they easily lose out steam after after their minting. But projects of exactly. blue chips, or why do we call them even blue chips? It's because they have strong ties with Web2. So they are not really 100% Web3 or Web2, but they are like Web2.5. So I think that exactly. is, that is the in, in the in between of you know how to how to make a project successful and also one thing I, I realized that the key to all these projects is actually the word code. So if we look at like three main meta right projects for example after the three main that's doing well I would say maybe subway rats uh, above four price or potatoes right so all those are you know after main the holders are able to do something interactive with the NFT. Like, for example, Subway Rats, they are able to run around the, I, th- I think, the Subway map. Uh, potato, you are able to grow your potatoes. And for your project, people are able to interact and, you know, decide where the story goes. So, I, I believe that, you know, if, if just projects like, you know, for example, you say, oh, stake it and don't do anything. Or, you know, projects that just, um, there's no interactive element in it. I think this is the new meta that we're going to see and, you know, all the interactive projects or people hold it actually gives them a reason to continue to hold it and, you know, uh, don't be paper sell for profit. So I think this enables to connect um, not just uh, holders to the project, but in the community they discuss, um, there's more topic of conversation. And I think interactive will be this whole new meta, you know, the Web 2.5 people really appreciate it. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Oh, go, oh, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, Hey, go ahead, Tony, go ahead. you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we're super excited about where the space is going. I mean, with this bear that we saw, I mean, the current bear that we are, and we're seeing a lot of like projects like go to zero. They're pretty much dying out. The the servers, the Discord servers, are pretty much gone. The funny thing is we've actually seen our most growth during this bear because back then we would always say, hey, guys, we bootstrapped our project, right? We, we completed two seasons, and this was before, like, the Freeman era. Um, you know, we bootstrapped our project. We completed two seasons way before, you know, we launched and before, the, you know, the money came in. And everyone kind of looked at us like we were funny, like, you know, like, why would you do that? Wait for the money to come in, then do it. But it's like, hey, you know what? We come from a Silicon Valley background. You need to show proof of value to your consumer, to your customers, to, like, the VCs or investors, right? So it's like we were seen as like kind of like crazy for doing that. But now it's like with this whole like, you know, bear and everyone pretty much dying off. Um, now we're it's like it's like seen like as a genius. It's like, wow, like we never saw the beauty in that until now. Yeah, I, I think one thing um, the, the bear has provided uh, like the space is that 
finally good quality projects able to reach on top. Like if, for example, if you are in the bull market, right, um, whether you are delivering value upfront or not, everybody believes that if they buy in, people will, will FOMO in and then the floor price will go up and you can flip, right? But when it's bad, not everybody is willing to put in the, the for example, the money. Uh, ruggers that want to wrap the project, they don't want to invest a lot in, into a project and not knowing what's the outcome of it. So in, in this way, it benefits the actual, like I say, builders in the space that wants to build. And if you guys are like, you know, we can see that you guys are really up for it. That That is why I think that you guys, your, your project will succeed. And this is just one of the many reasons why you guys have this uh, exploding growth. So um, it's already 30 minutes of this conversation. Let me just open the floor. If you guys here have any questions, I know Min is around the corner. You guys have a lot of tons of questions that you guys want to ask. So whoever is to just ask or speak directly to the founder or maybe you just like the, the project in Discord and stuff like that, um, just feel free to raise your hand or ask for a request and you can ask your questions. But guys, uh, remember, don't ask for whitelist, yeah? It's already full. <laughs> okay, we have a train. We have a train. So, yeah, you are connected. So, ask your questions, bro. You're good. How are you doing? Really good, man. I appreciate y'all taking me up. Uh, my question, basically, I ask most founders I talk to, I ask the same question. Outside of uh, Web3, basically, I'd like to know what is uh, what is your and what is your, you know, five years from now, your success look like and who's where where are you and who's around you? Yeah, for sure. That's uh, a great question. Tony, you, you go first. I'll, I'll take it. Um, so for us, the goal is creating our stories and, you know, telling our stories, having our vision be created without restrictions, right? Um, we went on a whole, I mean, how we started was we went on a whole Rush Hour 4 journey, wrote a script to Rush Hour 4. Um, the producers really interested, but they, they, they had so much red tape in terms of what, what, what could we create and we couldn't. Essentially, we wanted to take our script, our vision, our idea, change it up, Hollywood it up, and then do it their way, which was try to maximize the profit and minimize the production. And that's something that we didn't just, it didn't really sit well with us because we, we felt like that story meant so much to us at the time. So when it came to Web3, we didn't want to cut any corners in terms of creating our story. And it felt like once we were able to kind of build an audience and create our own, and you know, our own community, we didn't really need that anymore. So the goal is, is to still to create a product to integrate into Hollywood where we have more creative control of what we can create and actually cater to the community and the people and understand what type of content that they're going for. Um, and in five years or so it's like we, we want nft communities to be a part of blockbuster creations right we want to be able to have interactive media be more mainstream and actually transcend an industry that hasn't changed in over 100 years right on brother i was i was gearing more towards uh that's an awesome answer uh, i was gearing more towards like outside of the nft like web3 space what is like, what is your why? Like what drives you? Like, why are you doing your things? Like, are you doing it for family? Are you doing it for fame? Are you doing it for, you know, some kind of personal mission, et cetera? Um, yeah. I mean, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead Jeff, go ahead. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just, I, yeah. Tony, we, yeah Tony's very, we, we come this. from, I mean, we're, we, we're not going to get too personal in here, but we come from, you know, 
a, a, a very interesting background where we've always had a chip on our shoulder, right? There's a lot of people that said we could or couldn't do certain things. And that's kind of how we grew up, right? Whether it was when I was playing college basketball, when Jeff was an actor in LA, right? Those were a lot of the things we came from, but we always had a knack for conquest. So when it came to, you know, doing film, we wanted to tell certain stories that kind of stimulated people's minds. And having, when, when you're in an industry where you're constantly just, you know, constantly pressured and I guess, you know, capped in terms of what you can, you can't do. It's, it's, it's our, I guess, it's our goal to, you know, achieve what we wanted to do, which is just tell stories. And I think the wise is simply telling stories. I think, you know, family, obviously family's 100% involved in terms of obviously you want to take care of your parents. You want to take care of the people around you. But the first thing that we have to focus on isn't making, first thing we have to focus on is actually creating quality content. So I don't know if that answers your question or if that's the answer you were looking for. Absolutely, brother. Uh, yeah, I try to get, you know, see how personal that like, you know, founders will get without getting too personal. But yeah, that was that's freaking perfect, man. I love it. Okay, thanks for your questions. Maybe we have one more before we end the space. If you guys have any questions, um, just raise your hand. But yeah, so I, I think it's like um, Tony or White Claw, I think it's like maybe uh, two days from now that you guys are going to minting. So just tell me about, you know, how, how are you guys lately? Um, how's the experience? Is it all like stress-free or, or it's like everybody's uh, prior to launch? Yeah, it's definitely definitely stressful, but it's like man, it's like um, it's like an adrenaline rush every day, every day, every hour. Um, you know, we try to stay as calm as possible, like try to talk to each other as nicely as possible because it's like, you know, it's like everyone's on edge. Everyone's like, you know, we've been working for like over a year now on um, you know, what was previously Chibi Club and now it's Dream Three. So I mean, we love the experience. You know, we love the community, and uh, we're super excited for the fifteenth. Yeah. So, uh, guys, I think uh, this is it for the space today. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dream Tree team. Uh, thank you, White Claw. Thank you, Tony, for having this conversation with me. Um, I wish you all the, all the best, all the success. I'm definitely waiting to um, look, look, anticipating for your project to sell out and, you know, what was it to come. So, I'm um, definitely all the best to you guys. Uh, appreciate your time being here. Thank you so much, uh, Puke. Uh... Loved how you say 2.5, Web 2.5, and I'm definitely going to start using that. Thank you, Kaiju friends. Thank you for this amazing community. And, uh, Thank you for having us. Can't, can't wait to have you at launch. Yeah. Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All Things Rainbow. All Things Rainbow.